know what the deal is right now. But let's get through this thing, okay? Hey, big, big win last week for our water baptism celebration. It was phenomenal. We had 11 people. Okay, I'm going to say that again. 11 people water baptized and making a decision to, to give their life to Christ. And it was, it was a huge win, and we had our combined service. Um, it's a combined service. It's a celebration service. It's a family service. So there's so many titles that we, that we uh, give it. But let me tell you something. It's always fun, right? And, that, and I want you guys to understand that we can come to church always having fun. That's what the kingdom's about. Some of you guys are like, ah, it's going over. No? Okay, fine. We don't have fun right now. Let's get serious, all right? <laughs> in 1 Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, Paul says this. He goes, for we were all baptized by one spirit. By one spirit. This scripture here, this key scripture here, the key word is one. Look at your neighbor and say one. You see, the people that, that uh, 11 people that were here, they made one decision, okay, to have one true Savior, to be a part of one church belonging to one family, one. And that's what Paul was teaching us here. He's like, we're baptized not only into, into water, but also into the name of Jesus Christ. We are fully immersed with him. And we need to understand this, guys, that this needs to be our hearts and, uh, and our thoughts always. When we do this, okay, when we share the word with people, when these people came up here and we had the 11 go in and 11 come out, I mean, they heard, they, they were felt, and they were reached out by someone that understand, understood the one. Amen to that? I have a story I, I, I want to share with you guys. She's not here today, and I'll connect with her later. Um, but, she, okay, so two weeks ago, all right, it's two Sundays ago from today. Uh, if you guys are here early, typically you'll see my routine, my routine is I pull up in my minivan with my wife and my four children. We pull up to the, to the office entrance. I'll usually unload the van, get the kids in, and then I'll go ahead and park, right? Well, two Sundays ago, routine, right? I went in. It's about 9, 9.15, and I pull in and pull my kids out, and I see a lady going to the dollar store next door. And as she's walking, you know, I, I just, just notice that she's just going to the dollar store. And she goes, and she pulls the door to the, to the store, and it's locked. And I saw her look, and I know the hours of the dollar store, okay? I, I, I mean, we're neighbors. Get to know your neighbors, right? And I'm like, this should be, and in my head, I'm like, they should be open, but they're not open, you know? They're like 15 minutes late. Maybe something's not right. I don't know. Maybe they're late. I have no idea. But I was going to just kind of say everything okay, but I decided not to. I'm like, nah. Who's ever, like, felt a tug in their heart, and you're wrestling it? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to go up there and say something. Like, I just mind my own business, you know, I'll just do my thing. But I felt a tug in my heart. So I went up to her, and as she turned around to start walking back this way, and we're talking about like right outside of our building, right? I said, hey, is the dollar store closed? She said, yeah. I said, well, Res Life is open. You want to check it out? And she did what you just did. She laughed. She thought it was funny. And she goes, well, I, I, you know, I, I kind of go to church already. And I said, okay, awesome. Well, you have a great day. She starts walking away, and she turns around. Okay, she says, well, what are your times? I said, well, 10 a.m. English, 12 p.m. Espanol, right? If she didn't understand that, that means you come to 10 a.m. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> and she said, okay. And then she starts walking. She's like, I'll visit one of these days. And then she starts walking away. And then I start walking to the door. And I'm like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Next week is different. It's 11 a.m. It's a combo service. I didn't want her to show up at 10, right? 
I go, it's a combo service because we're about to do water baptisms. And we just think it's a good thing that we do that. And she goes, er, turns around, water baptisms? I want to be water baptized. I said, oh, really? She said, yeah. I said, yes. I said, show up, 1030, and we'll chat. That was it. One week goes by. I'm praying for this lady all week. One week goes by. And I'm getting prepped for the morning, same routine. I go inside, and this is last week again, and, and I'm in my office. I'm getting ready. I'm excited for what's to come. And I start walking around the hall. Service is about 40 minutes away till start. I got to meet with the people that are getting water baptized. And I see Pastor Danny talking to a lady. And I, didn't, I couldn't hear their conversation, but I can see the gestures and her talking, and she's trying to figure something out. And then I walk, and I recognize her. And then she looks at me, and she goes, him, that guy right there. <laughs> And I'm like, hey, Gomera, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm ready to get water baptized. And I'm like, okay, let's go meet up. And we went to go meet up. Long story short, this is why I say the story. Long story short, she ends up getting water baptized. We celebrated her, high five. She gave her life to Jesus even before that. I mean, it was all there. But the reason why I say that is because I had a heart and a thought at that moment that I wrestled with. Let's be honest. I wrestled with it. I had a heart and a thought for that moment that, you know what, this is about one family, one God. And if I'm going to allow my feelings or me saying, well, uh, they don't know who I am and I don't want to be embarrassed or, or I don't want to look silly doing this. If I allowed that to stop me, this would have never happened. Yeah. It would have never happened. She would have never experienced the joy that she felt that day. She would never have probably had, I don't know, maybe she did, but, but she would have never had the opportunity we had to share together as water, having a family of going through water baptisms. We need to understand that we always have to have that mind and that heart about the one in God. It's so, and I'm going to be brutal, it's so shameful to see the church feel like we're competing each other. We're not, they're not the enemies. They're not. There is one en enemy and his name is, is the devil. And we need to remember that. So whether they're here, whether they're over there, Wherever they go to, speak, to, to receive truth, biblical grounds, I'm supportive. I am supportive. And we all need to have that heart. You understand at that moment when I talked to, talk to her, I'm not saying any names because I didn't get her uh, permission. I was trying to look for her today. But, but when I talked to her, all right, and, 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 and we were just talking, I saw, I felt an echo. That's the only way I could put it in, in, in words. This whole week has been nothing but echoes, okay? And, I, and I, at that moment, I, I felt an echo from, from heaven, okay, an eternal echo that came to me and came out of my mouth and resonated in somebody else. You see, it is the echo of the Father's heart. It is kind of like his heartbeat. I mean, we've heard the heartbeats. I, I remember hearing my children, baby heartbeats. What does it sound like? Right? And, I mean, you played with your kids. Maybe you had the doctor saying you can really hear that heartbeat. You know, dun, 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 dun. There's, this, there's this echo that I can hear eternally, eternally, excuse me, guys, eternally, that I believe we all need to be in tune with. We all need to be in tune with. Did you know when I looked up the word echo, the definition of it, <clears throat> the definition was a sound or series of sounds caused by the reflection of sound waves from one surface back to the listener. You guys catch that? I'll say that again. It's, uh, the, the definition of echo is a sound of series or series of sounds caused by the reflection of sound waves from uh, one surface back to the listener. 
And I thought about that for a second. If that is the definition of what an echo is, shouldn't the voice of the Father, the sound, in other words, the voice of the Father, when he speaks, be that very reflection in our mouths when we speak? Did you guys catch that? Shouldn't, shouldn't the voice of the Father when he speaks, whether through his spirit or through his word or through people, through prophesies, through dreams or visions, when he speaks, shouldn't that echo be manifested out of our mouth? So that when our voice or our sound of his echo bounces back to his ears and praises? I mean, the definition of an echo is a sound or a sound wave going, bouncing off of a wall or something and coming right back to the listener's ear. So when the Father speaks and he speaks truth and his people are there and it goes and filters through the, through the believer and out comes praises out of their mouth, shouldn't that come right back to his ears? Envision it for a second, people. It really got me stirred up inside knowing that where's the echo at? Where is his echo because for an echo to happen requires sound or, 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 or speaking to happen out of our mouths. Now, I remember as a kid watching movies and shows and do the echo, you know, the whole echo deal. And it, it sounds cool because they, obviously it's a movie or a show and they amplify it. And I remember I had an opportunity to, to, to do the echo like in a cave or whatever. I, I don't remember exactly where we're at. It was like we are at camp. And I said, echo, nothing. It was dead. So that go, and I'm like shouting out. And I, my expectation was for my voice to come back to me, but it didn't. Years later, I had that opportunity at a different spot where the walls were able to just bounce off sound. And I remember just yelling, ah, ah, ah. And the experience and the excitement I got when I did that. Two scenarios. I had an echo over here, nothing. I walked away from it. It, wasn't, it, it. it didn't get the echo back. But when I got the echo back over here, the joy I had, how much more when God's echo comes back to his ears. Are you, are you guys catching me? Are you guys, are you guys catching me? Okay. But not only that, that's, that's all marinated in me, by the way. Okay, I'm like, okay, you got to feel dirty. i got to back it up with scripture, God. you got to give me your word. I, and so I start going through his word, and I'm starting to see the pattern. I'm starting to see an echo in his word, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is awesome. Isaiah 52, 12 says, make, make God's glory resound. Echo, I'll say that again, echo his praises from coast to coast. You can even add from generation to generation, from family to family, from friends to friends. He says, echo his praises from coast to coast. It is important to be a part of God's echo. In Psalm 66, it says, Praise our God, all peoples. Let the sound of his praises be heard. Here's the thing, people. We need to make sure out of these four walls, we continue that sound out there. The praises that we give. You see, making his sound known means speaking up when we make his sound. But let me tell you something. The devil, because there is a devil, is trying to do everything he can to shut you up. To shut you up. 
Notice when his attacks come, it brings isolation, head down, feeling like a failure, discouragement, I just heard that, isolation from everyone, because I believe he understands the sound and the echo of God. And if that comes out and projects out of you, he knows he's losing or he lost and that we found that out. Did you guys know that intimidation is a weapon that the devil uses so he can induce fear in the people? Intimidation. He'll use that to induce fear in me and in all of us. Did you also know that fear is just an unpleasant emotion that we feel? But what the devil does is he tries to amplify and twist that. Because that fear, it should be a reverence towards our Heavenly Father saying, I want to please you. Not the way we live here and afraid of the devil and whatever he's going to do in his attacks. But again, the enemy would do everything he can to stop that flow, to cut that echo off. So God's people don't hear the word. And here's here's the kicker out of that whole thing. It all can be overcome, but it starts with our belief system. Because what fear is trying to do is trying to paralyze you in the spot. When fear settles in, it paralyzes a person. But in the name of Jesus Christ, all fears are broken. Now, uh, it was 2012, and I just moved into our house, my wife and I, and we just only had Joshua Malaya. Malaya was about a year and a half at that time. Now, some of you guys know kind of the area that we live. There's a restaurant today that's there, a Mexican restaurant. But back when we first moved there, it was an ice cream shop, okay? And this ice cream shop was phenomenal. It was awesome. Every, every, almost every day we would want some ice cream. My kids understood it. At 3 and at 1, every morning they would wake up, open the windows, and say, ice cream, you know. <laughs> they, I mean, it's there. That's why. And so from my front yard, you had to cross a subdivision road. Then there was a patch of grass. Then there's a big parking lot. And then there's the ice cream shop. So it's really not too far from here. Okay, it's like from here to Bigby, I'd say. Okay, I'd say that's a good distance, a good way to measure it out. From here to Bigby. Well, one summer day, on that morning when we said no ice cream, okay, I think Malaya, my daughter, had a different idea. So my wife and I go to the backyard and we crack open the grill. Okay, and I throw some hot dogs and burgers on there. It's like, it's about noontime, right? Nice, nice summer day. Well, our garage has a back door. If you guys know what I'm talking about, maybe your guys' garage has that back door. So we figured, lift the garage doors open, crack this back door open, let the kids play in the backyard. So we're grilling, and my wife and I are talking. Okay, we are responsible parents, by the way. I'm just saying, <laughs> let me just give that right off the bat. We are responsible, okay? We care, we love for our children. But sometimes we miss it, okay? So we're talking, you know, we're going along, and we look, and we see, we hear a voice. Malaya! Malaya! And it's my son Joshua, okay? And Joshua, very, I mean, he, the kid just gets it. He understood since, since the day he was born, he just got it, okay? He don't know, there are rules, and you better abide by these rules with mom and dad, okay? And so one of the rules are, there's, there's uh, the edge of the parking, our, our driveway to the road. You cannot pass that. No, 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 no. Papaus comes if that happens, okay? And so Malaya decided to go around and around the house without us noticing and go for her ice cream. 
Well, Joshua, like the good big brother he is, chases her down to try to stop her because he knew what she was doing. But he got stopped at the line. He can't cross the line. So what we heard was, Malaya, come back. Come back. Because he understands the rule. He, I ain't going to get in trouble for this. And when we heard that, okay, I'll remind you, now they're in the front yard. We're still in the backyard. We heard that. We turn around. No kids. I look. Mighty looks. And I, I hear, oh, my goodness. Right? Because we see this from far away. Malaya. Knowing that we're coming, and if I could just book it to the ice cream floor, mom and dad get me, I think I could get ice cream. I mean, she's booking it, and she's looking behind it because she knows she probably has this much time to get that. I share that story because at that one moment, my wife froze. She saw what was, could have potentially been danger, and that fear, in a sense, paralyzed her. And I remember like, watch out, and I just, you know, and I ran and I booked it to my daughter, and, I, and she's crying, I want ice cream, you know, and, I, and I'm like upset, like, oh man, did anybody see me, you know, like, just keep going, quit tantrum, you know, that whole deal. And, and, and so, but for that one moment, I share that story, is because for that moment, fear paralyzes people. Now, this type of fear was, you know, is not necessarily what I'm talking about. What I'm trying to show you guys is that when the enemy induces his fear or tries and we allow it to induce it to the people, there is these paralyzing modes, I mean, even spiritually speaking, where we forget of who we are in Christ and, it, and everything else amplifies. Because I'm pretty sure in that split second when my wife saw my daughter running, I mean, the running didn't really put the fear in. It was what could happen. What could happen? She's learned, by the way, okay? She's learned. She doesn't pass the line anymore. Not without asking daddy, okay? And I said, ice cream shop, get out of here. Mexico, come back. Mexican restaurant, come back here. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. But here, here's, the, here's the thing, though. The enemy would do everything he can to induce that fear, to paralyze you from pursuing God. To paralyze you from speaking and continuing the echo of our Heavenly Father. You see, you, when you look at the accounts of the Bible, even in an Old Testament, you see that same pattern that the devil uses. He tries his best to use that weapon, which, by the way, is a lie. And has been deactivated already by Jesus. But if you don't know that, he will do everything he can to make sure that doesn't get to you. You see this with, with, uh, in the Old Testament, back in Exodus, where, where Pharaoh and, and, and his army implement this fear in God's people, which ultimately caused slavery for over 400 years. Fear of what could they do to us, of what they can do. You see this also in the Old Testament where Goliath did this to God's people, and he shouted and taunted them. He tried to implement, implement fear, intimidate them. So they don't move. That's where I want to kind of camp out today for a little bit. Most of you guys know the story of David and Goliath. And the, and the thing is, you know the stone. I'm just going to give it to you right now. The stone. He had five stones. The first one, in the name of the Lord, you know, slaughtered him. He dies. Cuts the head off. All of that. Okay? But I'm going to rewind just a little bit because I want you to understand this. The battle didn't start with the stone. 
A lot of us think it started right then and there because there was a physical action. No, 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 no. The battle started with the words, okay? Because David already knew. David knew already the victory. So he wasn't fighting for victory. He was fighting out of victory, knowing that this foe right here, this enemy right here, you're, you're going down. I'm speaking it. It's not manifested yet, but tell you what. Give me a second. Watch my God manifest it right before you. Here's the thing, church. The enemy would do everything he can to implement this fear so you don't have that mindset of David. He wants you to be like the Israelite army where you're just intimidated. Let's read it, okay? I mean, the best thing to do is just go in Scripture and read it. In 1 Samuel 17, okay, starting with verse 1, it says, The Philistine now mustered their army for battle and camped between Soko and Judah. Um, Azekah, excuse me, guys, and Ephes Damim. Saul countered by gathering his Israelite troops near the valley of Elah. So the Philistines and Israelites faced each other on opposite hills with the valley between them. Two hills, one valley. They can see each other. The battle will be right here, though. Okay, got it? Verse 4. Then Goliath, a Philistine champion by Gath, from Gath, came out of the Philistines' rank to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet, and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. That's like me. Some of you guys got that. Okay. It's not. <laughs> Times two. Okay. He also wore bronze leg armor, and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear, check this out. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam. That's big, people. They didn't use a pole, a rod, a beam, okay? It tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. The only thing I think about is a 15-pound dumbbell. You guys know what I'm talking about? That was the tip of his spear. That's heavy. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. He had someone in front of him carrying the shield. He had so, he, the guy even looked intimidating, he probably didn't have to say nothing. He's just nine feet tall. It looked intimidating. And the God's people saw that. Goliath, in verse 8, Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. In other words, the battle started. Okay? Why are you all coming out to fight? He called, I am the Philistine champion, but you are only servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then he will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. Verse 11, when Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Hmm. Understand, when the enemy does everything, no, this way, the enemy would do everything he can to shout and holler because what he's doing is trying to make noise so you don't hear your heavenly father. But it, it's up to us to say yes to him and shut up to him. In other words, you see, Goliath's intimidation caused the army of Israel to be quiet and to fear to be settled in. And again, the devil still tries to do that today. Even though he's defeated already, he'll do everything he can to paralyze us and keep us quiet. But there is a way that we've already been overcome, and his name is Jesus Christ. And it starts with us not believing in that fear, but believing in the name of Jesus and what he already did. 
You see, David, and I'm going to fast forward it, David later on in the story comes in and he's sent by his dad, Jesse, to go give food to his brothers. So now he's going with a purpose and he hears Goliath and all the smack talk that he's given the people of Israel. And so he talks to the the army and says, hey, why is this guy talking? I'm paraphrasing it. Why is this guy talking? Is someone going to do something about it? What happens if someone kills this guy? What's the reward with all of this? And so he's getting all the information of what's happening. His brothers get upset with him because they think he's coming for a different purpose. But no, 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 no. He heard the smack talk. He heard the voice of the enemy. But he knew the echo of his father. He knew that someone needed to stand against him. And and fast forwarding, verse 41 says, Goliath walked toward David with his shield bare ahead of him. Now David is going to do something about it. Sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy, Goliath says, Am I a dog that you come at me with with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals, Goliath yelled. The enemy's not going to stop. He's going to continue to shout everything he can because that's all he's got. But he has no power over you when you're in Christ Jesus. 45, David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, a spear, a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord's uh, heaven's army. Notice that everything that we just read earlier that looked intimidating, David called it right out. He says, you come with me with this, that, and this. Looks really pretty, but I'm coming with you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the natural, he didn't care what it looked like. He didn't care how big the problem was. He knew his God was going to deliver what he already promised. Verse 46, today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut your head off. And then I will give the dead body, the bodies of your men, to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world, everyone say the whole world. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know, everyone say will know, will know that the Lord rescues his people. But not with sword and spear. Not with the natural, okay, is what he's saying. Don't try to fight a battle in the natural. Tap into what God's given you through his word. This is the Lord's battle and he will give you to us. That was something he stood on. We have that and more because of Jesus Christ. His word, his spirit, everything you need is already at hand. But you need to speak it. Echo what God has already called out. Your words have a direct impact in what you believe in. Are you believing in a fear of the circumstance for the moment? or in faith and an eternal God forever. There's a difference here. And if the enemy can make you look at this and not that, we put ourselves in that position. But Jesus Christ says, take heart. I've overcome this already. Look at me. Fix your eyes on me. Gaze at me. It is so vital and important that we stick with our Bible reading, our prayer closet, surround ourselves with with people that fear God. Because those times and moments when we feel like, I don't know what to do or how do I do this, you have support. You have someone there 
to, to pray with you and walk things out with you. Did you know when you came to Christ, there are three gifts? There are a bunch of gifts he gave us, by the way. But I'm going to name three gifts that he gives you off the bat. Three of them. Okay, and I'll close it with this. And I don't want you to ever forget these gifts, okay? When you came to Christ, one of the gifts he gave you was his spirit. His spirit. Okay, in Luke 24, 49, it says, And now I will send, Jesus says, the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Jesus is ascending, and he's telling you about this gift he's about to give, the Holy Spirit. He says, that is yours. He says, stay within the city right now, because you can't leave the city without it. When you get it, you can now go on. But this is so important that we understand we cannot operate without his spirit. And how you receive his spirit is by saying yes and accepting yes, saying yes and accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. That's your first gift. The second one is you have his presence. I think a lot of times we forget that. We think it's a, a seasonal thing or sometimes I can go in his presence, sometimes I'm not in his presence. No, you can be in his presence all the time, every single moment of your lives. It doesn't have to be in front of the lights at church on a Sunday. You can do it in your car, at the dinner table, with friends. You can always be bathed and, and, and bathed in his presence. In Ephesians 3, 11 and 12, it says, this was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. His presence is now an access for us as children every day and every moment of our lives. You know, when you're laying in bed, and the world is quiet, and the kids are sleeping, you know that you can search your heart out and listen to what the voice is saying to you. Do you know that? Try it tonight when you lay down. When the world is quiet and all is at peace and the phone is shut off, listen. What is he saying to you? you're in his presence you're there and the last one I'm not saying I saved the best for last but this needs to be remembered every single day of your life your last gift that you've give, been given by Jesus Christ is his authority his authority you know Yesterday when I was running that 5K, like I told you guys, there were these boundaries I had to stay, stay within. And as I was running, there were these crossroads. We had Venralti, we had uh, Ottawa, we had um, just a bunch of roads that we had to stay on. But every intersection, there was an officer there. His car and himself. And he, he, his authority was able to stop and there's traffic behind him. He wasn't allowing anybody to go because there's runners coming through. That authority kept me in bounds and in the race. You know, I thought about it for a second. If I would have just veered off and do what I want, I would have been out of juris his jurisdiction in a sense, what his assignment was. But when I'm in the race, I'm in the game, 
and I'm heading with a goal and a prize, and my son and I were running, and he, he's already, his take is going empty. And I'm like, come on, son, picture the finish line. I'm really talking to myself. Picture the finish line. Push it, push it. Dad, dad. I'm like, no, I know it's hard. And I told my son this, you're going to remember this. You're going to remember this in life when you wanted to give up. But I didn't let you give up. You have this authority you have right now. These guys got you. What about the cars? Don't worry about the cars. We're in the authority right now. They're blocking it for us. Keep running your race. Finish the prize. Let me tell you something. We get to the stretch, and he's on E. Like, I mean, it's like, ah, ah, like, it is bad. And I'm like, man, come on. But then from a distance, mommy, come on, Joshua, come on. And it's like this thing just came into him, and he booked it. And I'm like, slow down, Joshua. Daddy needs to go. I didn't say that. <laughs> but he booked it. And I'm like, that's right, boy. We're going to finish strong. And we finished. And the joy and the smile and the, everything he forgot, the battles and the challenge, he forgot about it. And I told him right then and there, I'm like, you're going to always remember that, man. I'm going to use this later, okay, in your life. That feelings is gone. The victory, you have it. The authority, you have it. And I think sometimes, church, we understand we're in a race, but sometimes we bounce out of where we're supposed to run. We're running, but where are, where are we at? You, you see what I'm saying? And we need to have an understanding that we can always come back in on course, but you also have that authority to stop the enemy from any type of attacks. No weapon formed against you will prosper in the name of Jesus Christ. You are a child of God. Wrap it up. Luke 10, 19 says, Look, I have given you authority over all power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Now check this one out right here. Nothing will injure you. Nothing will injure you. Sometimes we think authority has to come with some type of price. Okay, you're right. Authority does come with the price. But the price was already paid at the cross. Now the authority is in your hands. It's simple. Don't complicate your God. Your God just wants a relationship with you. He just wants you and him one-on-one. -on -one. Son to father. Daughter to father. Give it to him. Because he gave it all to you already. This is not, I'll see you next week, God. This is, hey, God, let's walk hand in hand together. Don't let the stinking devil lie to you anymore. Miracles happen when Jesus walked this earth. The one I can think of is the widow, or not the widow, the lady that was, that was bent over and hunched up, trying everything she can. In the physical realm, she was stuck and down in bondage. But when she encountered Jesus and she understands, if I praise my God, boom, she got up. And she's able now to worship her God. It starts with Jesus. Doesn't matter where you're at right now. You don't understand the circumstances. It doesn't matter. God will meet you right there. Give it to him right now, church. Look, I'm going to say this one time. It starts with you. The ball is in your court. The giant's been slayed. The head's been cut off. The Satan's been defeated. Will your belief system be in fear, uncertainty, doubt, or faith in my Heavenly Father, in Jesus Christ, knowing that He's still risen and living today? Where are you at, church?
Where are you at? Let's go ahead and close our eyes and bow our head. Here's an invite to you. I think a lot of us, we have Jesus, by the way. But I believe we needed that recharge, reminder. But if you don't have Jesus as Lord and Savior, on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand up and lead you into a prayer. That is it. And I'm going to let and trust God to do the rest of your life while we stay connected with you. We would love to stay connected with you. But if you're the one that says, I know Jesus, I have Jesus, I needed this recharge, I just want to pray for you as well too. So on the count of three, on any of those two invites, I want you to shoot your hand up, okay? One, I need Jesus. Two, I want Jesus. Three, shoot your hand up. God bless you back there. Awesome. Awesome. It is always good knowing we can come to the Father at any time. I want everyone to repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Lord, forgive me for all that I've committed against you. I thank you for your mercy, for your forgiveness. Thank you for equipping me with your spirit, with your presence, and with your authority. And I can walk the rest of my days in it. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering this morning. Because he is so good. Amen. If you said that prayer, or if you just like to connect to us, we do have a connection card. And this is the way that we love to be able to connect with you week after week, month after month. And so we'd love for you to fill this out really quick. It doesn't have to be complete, but whatever it is that you feel comfortable leaving. And if you have a celebration, if you have something that God is doing in your life and you just want to share it with us, we love to read those too. And so Monday mornings are fun to be able to go through and just say like, look at the awesome things that God is doing in our church family. And so please fill that out and drop those in the buckets on your way out. And if you did say that prayer for the very first time, we'd also love to give you this book. It's called Your New Life. And it kind of helps you out with some steps that you can take because sometimes we think, now what? What do we do once we walk out of these doors? Well, here you go. There's some things in here for you. But if you also know someone who maybe might need some of these steps, go ahead and grab one for them too. We would love for them to be able to have that and to be able to share that with you. So let's stand to our feet and let's dismiss this morning. Lord, we just thank you and we praise you because you are 